This is the Women with Vision podcast, where we get real with some of the leading entrepreneurial superwomen about what it takes to build a business online and beyond with kids, husbands, and everything else. Hey there, superwomen. I am so excited today to talk to my next guest. You know, I love when women are just in a business where they're helping other women to boss up. And this next woman, she is just amazing because she's already very focused on women reclaiming their voice, reclaiming their space, reclaiming their, uh, their everything in their, in their business. And her business is even called Reclaiming Your Courage. <laughs> I love it. Leslie Lou, how are you? Tam, I'm fired up to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm fired up to have you. You know, I was looking at your website and I thought, wow. You know, um, you know, I don't see a lot of women that have that much, you know, I call it um, ovaries, that many ovaries to get out there and just be loud and proud and out there. And it's not typically associated with Asian American women, you know, so I just want to find out how did you find yourself um, in this space feeling like you this is your calling this is what you really had to do. Yeah, uh, I've always been a lifelong martial artist, so uh-huh. there was no question that that was I was always going to be involved with self defense. Yeah, uh, at an early age, I was um, sexually assaulted on a trip to Korea. My mom wanted me to be more versed in our culture, and so she sent me over there, and um, a really traumatic experience happened. Uh-huh. And um, throughout my life. I did not realize the impact that that would have on all aspects of my life, physical and non-physical attacks, Uh, physical attacks being, you know, being robbed on the street, being held at gunpoint, being choked at some point. Non-physical is actually more damaging. I would say that it would be the gaslighting in relationships, not feeling like I was good enough, not even feeling like I was Asian enough because I identify as a second generation Korean Chinese American. And so there was never really space for me to feel accepted. Uh, The Korean kids didn't want to hang out with me. And the Chinese kids are like, what are you? And so uh, it wasn't until my college days where the Filipino community really embraced me and taught me that family is much more than biology, it's love. And so uh, I struggled a lot and I can pinpoint it to two moments that I will say that this is why I got called to the work. In South San Francisco, I was part of Evolve Training Center and uh, we were teaching traditional self-defense through something what we called the fearless movement. So women would come and we would teach them a little bit about mindset and the traditional kicking pads and um, some jujitsu based moves of what to do with an attacker mounted on top of you. It occurred to me really quickly that it wasn't enough to just tell a woman to kick a pad. Uh, Oftentimes I would see uh, mental blockages in women and it just, the connection wasn't there or maybe someone didn't feel strong enough physically, maybe they just learned differently. And so I, um, I really found my voice in helping them take a moment and take a beat and say, well, what's really going on here for you? Um, And I thought that that was really important and coaching them and leveraging my strength of saying, well, you know, vocalizing your boundaries 
and the words you speak to yourself are just as powerful as the words you would use to defend yourself. And so um, creating a structure around that for them and helping them really go towards their fears, just propel them into something so much more, like seeing these women really break through and, and making those mind, body, and voice connections really amplified their power. And so sometimes those things work in alignment, mind, body, and voice. Sometimes you've got one that's stronger than the other, but the thing is you've got all three. And so um, that was really powerful. And so I decided to start reclaiming your courage on my 39th birthday. And wow. a couple of months after that, um, the Atlanta spa shootings happened. Oh my goodness. You know what, before you go on, I'm just like struck by what you have discovered and you know, just the work that you're doing. And I'm, and I'm putting myself into the shoes of someone who would have to, you know, make, you told me to kick the pad. What would I do? What would I think? What would I, I mean, now, of course, I'm strong enough to do that, but I can't imagine, you know, if I have been raised a certain way that women have a certain, you know, position in the world, or just, I have a certain belief pattern about myself or, you know, um, and there has been place, times in my life that I've held myself back. Have you noticed that when women get past that physical kick or that physical barrier that it just opens the floodgates up for them? Definitely. It's, it's, it's immensely powerful. It's immensely powerful that I could see a woman who's four foot five um, kick a man or you know, essentially get them off of her, um, some, a man who's like 220 pounds, uh, there's an immense power I see there, but it's really supporting women in those moments of those struggles of not thinking so much, but feeling, what are you feeling right now? Because when you're overthinking, you, you're fixated on technique and moves and like, I'm not really good at this or, oh gosh, that doesn't feel comfortable to me. I don't feel comfortable saying that. I don't want to look impolite or disrespectful. I was raised mm -hmm. in a certain way. Right. Um, and that would come up a lot with the, the types of clients that I would serve. That would come up a lot more so than the physical attacks. Yeah. It was really like, well, uh, I don't want to be rude to the attacker. Exactly. That's one of the things I can hear. I can, I can hear... Um, I don't want to be rude, unladylike, um, accommodating enough because we really are raised to be accommodating and not loud. Uh, that's exactly it. We're a people pleaser. Yeah. And so those are the things that I really devoted so much time and having personal experiences of being in such dark, murky waters uh, and really using martial arts as that framework, but understanding that that was a good foundation now, what are the other pieces that you can bring to the table? And so a, a self-defense mindset is going to change your life. And finding the words that are authentic to you is a really big piece of it, Tam, because I, I can tell you to speak up, but that doesn't really mean anything if you don't use language that's authentic to you. So um, what I mean by that is a lot of times people tell me like, well, I think that assertive language is just really aggressive. And I'd like to challenge that because assertive doesn't necessarily mean you're aggressive. We're in a pandemic, right? Like if I say I need space right now, please take two steps back. 
I don't think that that's aggressive at all. I think it's being very clear and concise in what my boundaries are and what I'm asking. Um, so that in itself is empowerment. Well, you know, it's interesting, Leslie, because I mean, I can talk about this all day. I can tell. I can just, me and you could be chatting about this. It's the expectation of females that they don't have any boundaries. You know, I mean, it's almost like you have to be overly accommodating as as not to get anyone any riled up or uh, others to feel uncomfortable. I mean, there's so many layers to what you are doing by allowing women to work through this and figure out how to own their space and own their self. You know, there's a lot going on right now with Stop Asian Hate Movement and, and the Asian community and San Francisco where you are, you know, in all of these cities, these major, all over the world. And, um, and you're, you're, you're using this framework to really help women to say, wait, no, I do have boundaries and rights. And just because you see doesn't mean you get to do something or touch. It's very interesting and powerful what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, let's go back into some of the things you've had to go into, had to deal with your, your own situation. So you start this business. And on your 39th birthday, you realize, okay, this has got to be, what are some of the ups and downs that you have witnessed or noticed or felt um, since you have started your business? Yeah, thanks for that question. I really struggled in the beginning with clarity around my values, which are love, freedom, courage, the ability to be vulnerable and to let that um, outwardly show and to express that. Because if you grew up like suppressing your entire life, that makes you sick <laughs> and it, it damages your psyche and your body. So I, I, I really did through therapy and, and coaching really uh, identified it that I really needed to break that. Yes. I, I called my, I call myself the self-defense mama because I made the decision to become the mother I knew I never had yeah. by breaking the patterns of intergenerational trauma. And that's not to say that my mom wasn't a great mom. I love my mom wholeheartedly, but it's very complex. Yeah. It's very yeah. complex because my mom is a Korean mom and yeah. she has a lot of trauma. Um, so when I was starting out in the beginning, I was torn between my values and what other people expected of me and told me would make me successful. So I went and, and did all those things. Uh, and they're like, well, you shouldn't really limit yourself to the AAPI community. Um, you want to be more inclusive of others. And I listened to that. I went against my gut. Right. And, and catered and marketed to what I thought would apply to the masses or compare myself to perhaps others that were teaching a type of self-defense. And um, where it really just, I got to a point where I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is I kept trying to get a seat at the table with the Asian community and, and just understanding that even within the Asian diaspora and communities that there is segregation within our communities. And I'm just very real and honest about that. And even being a woman martial artist and having two black belts and, and feeling like that's my PhD and still having people scrutinize me and saying, you know, you're too intense. Like you got to water your message down. And I just 
was pissed. I at- bet. <laughs> I'm pissed thinking about it. Yeah. And um, I decide, I made the decision, especially after the Atlanta spa shootings, especially after things like the loss of Michelle Alyssa Go, and most recently with Christina Yuna Lee, because I identified and saw that could be me. My kids cannot like could wake up and not have a mom. And so I realized that my mission was stronger than my fear. My fear of bringing guilt and shame to our communities, to my family. And so I really, I really had to soul search and, and, and go real, real deep of like, what am I, what do I really want to do here? And that's why I say I'm an, not only am I helping AAPI women, I am an ally specifically to the AAPI, BIPOC, LGBTQIA+, neurodivergent, and differently abled communities. It's very important for me to say that and not you know, uh, claim that I know everything about those communities. What I learned in my work is that how we identify intersects with how potential attackers perceive us on the street. Mm-hmm. Yep. So my work dramatically shifted once I gained that clarity of asking people, well, how do you identify? Because how I identify is I'm a Korean and Chinese American second generation woman. Uh, the assumption is going to be that I am prey, that I am submissive, that I am weak, uh, that I don't speak up, that I'm a sexual being. So the psychology of my attacker is going to say that they're going to be unhinged, they're going to be angry, and they're going to assume I have a lot of cash. So I have to live with that every day. And I'm not saying that someone who isn't Asian isn't going to understand that, but I also don't expect anyone else to really know what that's like. But I found that in my work in in allyship with the other communities um, is that there's a shared experience of fear. We know what it's like to avoid vulnerable places and um, to get gaslight in situations or be in corporate environments and not feeling like we could advocate for ourselves. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We, we all, a lot of us, you know, minorities, the BIPOC community, people with, you know, whatever, however they identify, they do have a shared, yet somewhat different. It's the same exact thing, but in their own specific flavor, right? We all these things are the same. I mean, we can all have, I can, this, this, when you first started talking about being, you know, uh, Chinese and Korean and not identifying with not being accepted either one. I can identify with that. You know, I can identify with having that experience growing up and not really fitting in. I think a lot of people will listen to that and go, yes, I can identify with that. And, um, and so, yes, what you're doing is I, I, I don't blame you for really focusing on the AAPI community because, you know, they see what they see and they work be attracted to who they see as a strong Asian American woman and being partners with all these other communities because, yeah, we do share a lot of things and we can be allies for each other. We can stand up for each other because we do get it. <laughs> we get it. You know, we get it. But you're going to be able to really help um, these women who are going to look at themselves through you 
and be attracted to that in you, even though even though an, I, I, me as a black female can t- completely identify with what you're with you gone through. It's amazing what you're doing. I'm really proud of you. What keeps you inspired? What keeps me inspired is that there is a woman out there somewhere in the world, globally or internationally, in far different circumstances than I am. And they feel alone, unheard, unseen, and not believed. And what inspires me and keeps me up at night, literally at 4 a.m., is that I'm going to be able to save someone's life. And what I mean by that is like, I am just a guide. I am just the person who is walking alongside them, fighting with them and saying, we need to get to the helicopter. We don't need saviors. We need allies. We need to fight together. We need, there is collective strength in healing ourselves, in raising our frequency. Uh, I will be outwardly loud because there are so many women out there who aren't new to this. They have been doing the emotional labor. They have been doing the social activism for so long. So what I mean by raising my frequency is like, I want sisters all across the communities to understand like, I'm here too. Let's go, let's go together. Let's get that clarity and let's fight for those we love. Let's, everyone deserves to feel safe and protected. And that's not the case. So I'm inspired by the fact that um, I've seen people go from fear to a place of really embracing that they can. What would you tell a female, Asian or otherwise, um, who was feeling like she's lost her way, doesn't, doesn't have a voice or was raised a certain way, she doesn't think she has a courage, what would you tell her that she should do to start down the road of, of, uh, of reclaiming her courage? I love you. I'm here for you. You're worth protecting. There's another woman, there's another version of yourself on the other side. She's waiting for you. She's there. She's coming for you. And uh, you have all the resources inside to find her, but she's there. I love that. Leslie, you are amazing. Um, and I cannot wait for people to, you know, just connect with you. How do they find you, whether they're in San Francisco or otherwise? Um, you know, what is your social? What is your website? Yeah, you can find me at reclaimingyourcourage.com. Um, right now, in terms of offering my keynote speeches, kind of some of the things that I've touched upon today and, and how to work with me one-on-one and starting to build your self-defense mindset and, and really making those shifts to tangibly learn how to protect yourself. Uh, my Instagram is Reclaiming Your Courage and my Facebook is Reclaiming Your Courage. Um, and you can find me, Leslie Liu. My last name is spelled L-E-W and I'm here to have the conversations and I'm here to hold space and listen to the stories uh, because like I said, you can be from anywhere around the globe and at the heart of the matter, I, I have found that the pain is similar. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And I look forward to all the stuff that we're doing together. Awesome. Thanks so much, Tam.